Thank you for listening to the Leader Coronavirus Daily. We'd really appreciate it if you subscribed, rated and shared the podcast so others can hear our news analysis and interviews every day at 4pm. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Schools are reopening, but is it too soon? A lot of parents are seeing how things go. Possibly the the parents who go today will spread the word if they're happy with what's happening. Um, And other families might send their children tomorrow and the next day. The Evening Standard's education editor, Anna Davis, on how the first days back went. Did anyone go? And... They absolutely hate it. They're worried that it's sending a signal to the rest of the world that Britain is closed for business. Jonathan Prynne on pressure to drop the UK's quarantine laws before they even start. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, school's back for summer. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. At this school in Norwich, some reception year pupils ran back to their classrooms, keen to get back to work and their friends after weeks in lockdown. Bye bye, darling. Okay, sweetheart. The teaching's the same, but the setting's very different. Pupils are being kept two metres apart, with their names written on post-it notes so they know where to sit. Desks are spaced out. Hand-washing is now a regular part of lessons. Schools are reopening to more pupils across England, not all of them, and of those that are, not all the pupils went. Our education editor Anna Davis has been speaking to parents and teachers, and Anna, the kids can go back to school, but how many actually are? Yes, it's a good question because the opportunity is there now for parents to send their children back if they're in nursery reception year one or year six, so the very beginning or the very end of primary school. Um, But there's nothing to force them to send their children back. There's no fines if they don't go like there normally is. And schools aren't going to be held to account for absences like they normally are. Um, So it's actually down to the parents to decide. And I think uh, some polls have shown they're pretty much 50-50. They're expecting about 50% of pupils who are allowed to go back to actually turn up. That's not to say that they might all turn up tomorrow if they turned up today. So I think a lot of parents are seeing how things go. The ones that did open today have put in really strict safety measures um so possibly the the parents who go today will spread the word if they're happy with what's happening um and other families might send their children 
tomorrow and the next day. Um, so it, it's it's quite unknown at the moment. Yeah, I wonder if a lot of parents do need some extra reassurance because there's a lot of scientists saying that the country's not ready to come out of lockdown yet. And of course, your children are your most vulnerable members of your family you don't want to put them at risk yeah absolutely parents are torn i think it's a really difficult question because they want some of them really want to go back to work and they need to go back to work but they also don't want to put their children at risk and they might be living with vulnerable people people with uh, health conditions they're at a heightened risk you know if, if they catch the virus but equally some people are arguing that uh, the consequences of lockdown on some children, especially vulnerable and disadvantaged children, is outweighing the risks and, and they should be sent back to school. Some children are in really overcrowded or unsafe accommodation and they would be better off at school, some, some experts are saying. So it all comes down, I think it's coming down to personal decisions. Uh, of individual circumstances of, of each family. Yeah, I know that with my own son, quite apart from any coronavirus fears, he just, he's six years old and he just wants to see his friends again. Yeah, absolutely. That's such an important part of school. I mean, a lot of head teachers are saying school's not just a building where you have lessons, it's all about social interaction. And especially in the early years, which are the years that they're letting back in, years one and two, it's about sort of forging friendships and also laying down the foundations for reading, that kind of thing, a love of learning, which they're trying to instill. And, and the year six groups, which are allowed back in, are at that uh, crucial age when they're about to transfer to secondary school. And it, it would provide them with sort of an end to their primary school years, a chance to say goodbye to their friends and get them prepared to go into the big school in September. And you know, some people are quite sad if they if they miss out on that. Um, you know, they think the they think the consequence of that will be quite harmful for children if they don't go back. And a lot of the classrooms look a lot of the playgrounds as well actually look a lot different, don't they? There's a lot of social distancing measures going on. Yes, the schools have taken big steps to try and make sure they're as safe as possible. Parents are lining up two meters apart uh, to drop their children off. Some schools have got rid of uniforms and school bags, scooters and bikes aren't allowed into the premises. And then um, they've put desks further apart and children are sort of supposed to stay at their desk and everything they need for that day's lesson is on their desk. A lot of them are being put into bubbles of maximum of 15 people so they don't interact with another bubble in the school. These are all to, to keep them healthy but I suppose some parents would argue that it's quite sad as well and maybe that's a reason not to send them back if they are seeing teachers in face masks and not being able to interact with their friends. There's an argument that that might, um, that might scare them. So it's a difficult balance, really. One thing we should point out is that while we're all talking about schools reopening, the schools themselves haven't actually shut, have they? No. Most schools have been open um, since the lockdown for uh, children of um, key worker parents and also vulnerable children. So they've all had the opportunity to, to go into school. Most of them haven't been having formal lessons. They've been having sort of childcare and games uh, but it's been it's been a place where they can go so yes teachers have been working hard through the lockdown and I think the talk of the schools being locked down and reopening 
is a bit misleading uh, because they have been doing a lot of work and obviously they've been working on the online learning as well for all the children who have been at home during the lockdown. And throughout all this, you've spoken to lots of teachers and some parents as well. What are the teachers themselves thinking about school pupils coming back to their classes and about how they've had to work through this pandemic? I think some of the teachers are very excited about getting their children back in, um, especially teachers who work with disadvantaged children. I think they're really worried about some families, um, children who are stuck at home, and then the learning gap between them and their sort of wealthier peers is, is growing. And they're, they're very concerned to try and stop that, and they want to get them back in. Teaching unions mainly are, are against it, and they don't think it's safe yet for children to go back. So, of course, some teachers don't want to and are staying at home. Some are working from home and not going back into the classroom. So pretty much like parents, I think it's sort of very different circumstances for each teacher. Next. Most of the rest of Europe, which is essentially what we're talking about over the summer, has much lower infection and, and death rates than, than, than we do. So if anything, you know, they should be keeping us out, not the other way around. Jonathan Prynne, will the UK's international quarantine laws ever get off the ground? The UK's quarantine laws were only announced last week. They're supposed to come into force next Monday. But already the evening standards, learned a rebellion by MPs, has seen Downing Street aides draw up plans to ease them. It follows the aviation and tourism industry saying the rules as they stand would ruin any hope of recovery during the summer. Our editorial column thinks the laws should be ditched. There has been an escalation of the backlash against the government's quarantine plans, which will require everyone arriving in this country to self-isolate for 14 days or face a potential £1,000 fine. Conservative MPs and industry leaders are now among those calling for an urgent rethink. They are right to do so because, as the Evening Standard pointed out, the moment that this deeply foolish idea was announced by Home Secretary Priti Patel, the proposed restrictions are ill-judged on all counts. The truth is that there's been no coherent explanation of why effectively shutting our borders to incomers, which is what the quarantine plan will largely do, will improve public health. And the reason is that there isn't one. Instead, the reality is that the easing of lockdown restrictions here brings greater hazard than arrivals from overseas will do. On top of this, there's the economic damage of quarantine to consider. Airlines and travel companies will be obvious victims, while there will be an inevitable further overall hit to the nation's finances for no good reason. The truth is that the quarantine plan is all about posturing, not effective science. It should be ditched now. Well, the Evening Standards, Jonathan Prynne's been talking to people in the aviation industry. And Jonathan, what do they make of these rules? Well, they absolutely hate it. They're worried that it's uh, sending a signal to the rest of the world that Britain is closed for business, certainly from a tourist point of view, for the entirety of the summer. And, I mean, the aviation and the sort of tourism industry are already working on the assumption that there will be zero uh, incoming tourists into into London this year. 
Um, and also, it makes it very hard for people to plan their normal summer holidays um, because they don't know whether or not they're going to have to um, hide away at home for a fortnight when they get back, which obviously has massive uh, practical implications for work and so on. So, yeah, generally very unhappy. Has the government fully explained why these quarantine laws are needed, especially now after so long since lockdown began and now the restrictions are easing? Uh, I, I think the feeling is that, in essence, they haven't. Um, there's been some slightly vague talk about the need to prevent any risk of a second wave, but they haven't really explained the thinking behind it, given that most of the rest of Europe, which is essentially what we're talking about over the summer, has much lower infection and death rates than we do. So if anything, you know, they should be keeping us out, not the other way around. So I don't think there's any clear explanation of why this is necessary, why they think it's essential to carry on um, reducing the threat from COVID within the UK. And of course, it's going to have a monumental economic knock-on effects. On those economics, Jonathan, the travel industry, the aviation industry have been really badly hit by coronavirus. Was there hope that there could be some signs of recovery soon? I don't think they've given up on that. And given that schools, which of course go back today, don't break up, or, or state schools don't break up until pretty much the end of July, last week of July, I think they still hold out hope that they'll be able to salvage quite a decent chunk of their summer business. And certainly all the indications are that people are very keen to get away to their usual favourite destinations, Spain and Greece and Italy in particular. You know, I think they feel that there is a, a market there still. It just needs to be untapped. And at the moment, because of the uncertainty and because of the threat or in fact the, the pledge to introduce this quarantine rule, people aren't making the bookings. They just don't know what the situation is going to be when they get home. I think the minute that quarantine rule is relaxed or reversed, I think you'll see an absolute flood of people booking in to go to the Costas, the Greek islands, all the places that they would normally be heading to during the summer. And do you feel like these quarantine rules can survive through the summer or are you expecting a U-turn soon? There is absolutely massive pressure on the government to reverse this decision, both from the tourism industry. There's a letter from 200 very, very senior tourism figures gone out to Downing Street saying that it's going to destroy the sector this summer uh, and have massive long-term implications. Other countries are lobbying the government to relax these rules. I mean, bearing in mind that Britain is the biggest uh, market for many countries, Spain, or one of the biggest, Spain, Italy, France, Greece, and so on. So they're desperate to get Britons there spending their money again. Also, you know, the backbench MPs are now lobbying number 10 as well, putting a lot of pressure on. And there is some suggestion, there are some noises emerging from number 10 that the, the Prime Minister's chief strategy advisor, Sir Eddie Lister, is, is sympathetic uh, to an alternative scheme on the basis of air bridges, which would allow people to fly to certain destinations that are determined or to be clear or, or have enough safety systems in place to make it fine for people to go out and come back on those particular routes. I suppose it's analogous to the government taking a view on, on security uh, at certain airports. You know, they, they prevented people going to Sharm el-Sheikh for a long time because it felt the security there wasn't uh, stringent enough. And I, it's the same with health security. Uh, so I suspect we will see a limited number of air bridges emerging quite soon and the blanket quarantine uh, requirement probably being relaxed before it even comes in. 
And that's the Lida Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. <laughs>